get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Come on, St. Louis hockey fans, stand up and cheer. The Blues are back strong. This is our year. It's the Blues turn now. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Yeah, it's the Blues turn now. With that Al McKinnis slap shot, you know we can't lose. Let's do that hockey. Come on, St. Louis! All over the hockey universe, the note is the news. Welcome to Season 7, Episode 30 of Let's Go Blues Radio. We are the uh, original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. We're live on Wednesday, January 9th, 2019. This is franchise episode number 163 all-time. I'm your host, Kurt Price. Bill Day and Jeff Ponder are with me once again to interact with us or the show on social media, follow us on Twitter uh, at LGB Radio. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Kurt Price. Bill's is at Billy Blue Note. And Jeff's is at JPonder94. Follow us on Instagram, like us on Facebook, and the website is letsgoblues.com. Uh, if we have time later, we will open the show up for you guys to join us on the air. Uh, check out, uh, keep your, posted to Twitter for that. And uh, check out the letsgoblues.com shop for a uh, t-shirts, mugs, and stickers. And don't forget the uh, re- the uh, Retire 44 Chris Pronger shirt is uh, is available now. Uh, gentlemen, this is the first group show of the new year. It is. So, Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year to you as well. <laughs> happy New Year to you MFers as well. Thanks for keeping the show going while we've been, you know, lazy and busy. It, uh, it wasn't easy. Uh, I'll admit, last week kind of uh threw everything together i mean i think it came together pretty well but uh yeah we we had talked on wednesday uh and uh hey we're doing the show tonight uh oh shit it's wednesday isn't it that was kind of the conversation so last second i came up i was able to get us a guest and uh as i said uh i I was able to to kind of stream together something towards the end of the show so uh it came out pretty good but but yeah it was definitely something that uh was not planned far ahead like the other interviews I've had. Love it when a plan comes together. <laughs> <laughs> Spade, by the way, Kurt, you mentioned the Let's Go Blue shop. For those listening live or watching the YouTube video, right behind my ginormous head, you can see the Retire 44 t-shirt that you can buy over at letsgoblues.com. That's a fine-looking t-shirt. That is. It is a fine. That's a very sh- fine-looking t-shirt. What's the what's the front? I haven't seen you, I, you posted a picture of the back. What's the front look like? Uh, you really? Do you want me to remove it? You know, it no. took me like ten minutes to get that hanging up perfectly. I, I'm just joking. I'm, I, I, I saw it was up there, kind of goofy. I'm like, I want to ask him to take it down. That'd be kind of funny. Oh, it, it seriously took me a while. I was mfing that shirt a couple times. <laughs> this is not a kid friendly show anymore. We can. You don't have to say. I mean, unless it's against your religion to to say bad words. You know, stop being such a cotton-headed nitty-muggins. Oh, nice. Oh, man. I can't believe he just went there. (laughs) I did. (gasps) Dropping the elf references. Jesus. 
Well, in January, too. There's something blasphemous about that. Uh, the uh, official beers of episode 163. Bill. I am about done with <laughs> my, uh, my beer tonight. It's from uh, Toppling Goliath uh, Brewery out of Decorah, Iowa. That uh, guy that works for me turned me on to that and... Uh, I've had quite a few, uh, quite a few of their offerings that I've been able to find here. Um, this you, one's interesting. It's Rover Truck Oatmeal Stout. You should take a picture of the uh, the write up on the side. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna put, read it. No, 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 no. no you, we'd be here half an hour. Long, but yeah, you should take a picture and tweet that out yeah, later. I, I will do that. Um, very good beer. Uh, nice, smooth salad oatmeal stout. Uh, good for this time of year when it's getting cold again. Uh, Jeff, I, I, do you have a beverage? I do. Uh, I, you know, I actually uh, had some ingredients left over from the marvelous eggnog that I make every year on Christmas Eve. Uh, so I made it again. And while we were waiting to get the show together, I drank the glass that I was going to present uh, for my drink of the episode. So I no longer have that. So I have switched to... Still in the Christmas season for me, I guess. The Merry Berry Ale from Schlafly, which uh, don't think you're going to find it anywhere anymore. But this is my favorite Christmas beer. So uh, if uh, for next season, if you happen to remember this episode, check out the Merry Berry Ale from Schlafly. Did, I was just going to say, I saw it, Schnooks had a couple of uh, things of clearance uh, Mary Berry the other night. So Did they? May, may go get that. I was very disappointed. I love Schlafly's Christmas Ale. It was disappointed that it wasn't available this year and resented Mary Berry. <laughs> if if yeah. Jeff yeah. if Jeff is going to uh, you know promote it, maybe I'll have to go get some. You know, I, I went to high school with a Mary. Nice beer. I went to high school with a Mary Berry. I kid you not. That, that, is, that, is, that is not a joke. I went to school with a Mary Berry and a Jekyll Ann Hyde. Mm. Jekyll. No, I, I'm not. I don't. I would not lie. That is a true. Oh that's my a, that's God, a true story. Awful parents. Uh, you know what? Uh, it was. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do it to my kids. But it was. You know, they. They. I. I don't remember them either being teased or anything. It was a. You know, I don't know. Kind of a weird, cool thing. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. True story. Mm. Freeburg. Freeburg midgets. <laughs> Which is another story altogether. Yes. Freeburg high midgets. Where the scholar quiz team was the were the mental midgets. Brilliant. Brilliant. Um can't laugh at that. You can't laugh at anything. Uh my beer this evening is the uh, old bakery beer located up in Alton, Illinois. Fine brewery, good place, great food. There. They have uh this is the uh, porter, their porter beer, which I enjoy quite a bit. It's nutty and chocolatey, just like it says on the can. And it's quite good from uh Old Bakery Beer in Alton. If you have not been there, go there. It's the name, you know, Old Baker Beer, it's an old bread factory, and uh, it's it's a neat place. you got to walk a mile and a half before you actually get back to the restaurant area <laughs> when you're inside, but it's uh, it's, it's neat. Yeah, I've I've wanted to go up there. I've not been there yet. That's good, and they have a, they have a, a couple of good beers I like. Um, it's a cavernous place, but their food is really good, actually, too, so. You know, you want to know something messed up? You want to know the inner workings of, of my brain? Probably not, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, you know, I drink a lot of beer, and so I <laughs> hear and say the word porter a lot. Yet, 
every single time I hear it or say it, Chris Porter's face gets ingrained in my mind for about two seconds. That's pretty messed up, right? A little bit. I mean, you know, Chris Porter was an integral part of this team for a well, underappreciated part of this team for a while. Yeah. The CPR line, right? <laughs> the greatest line this team has ever had. Mm. The kid, <laughs> the kid line, might have something to say about that. No, what was what was the um, the Conroy Achenom and uh, Bartesko? Right, Bartesko. No, yep. no, no. who was Pellerin? Pellerin. Yeah. Okay. I, I knew there was no CPA line. Scratching them. We're scratching them. Give me Federico, Sutter, and Babbage. Yeah. <laughs> give me any line Dan Quinn was on. Oh, God. <laughs> Dan Quinn was such a waste. Oh, I mean, here. He was okay. Speaking of, speaking of waste, we're going to talk about the St. Louis Blues today. Hey, we'll talk about uh, happier times uh, today in Blues history, courtesy of the at STL Blues History Twitter account. January 9th. Uh, 2019 is today's date, so January 9th, 2012. Former Blues GM Ron Caron passed away, which is not a happy note. <laughs> I don't, where was I going with this? <laughs> can, can we start the show over? <laughs> Ron Caron passed away on this date, 2012. Great, uh, great segue there. <laughs> say, that would have been a killer segue if you know it didn't start with somebody dying. You know, um, right. <laughs> I, it's like a, it's like a case of case him and that uh, his rant about the death dedication. Um, come off an up-tempo record into a fucking death dedication. <laughs> that is literally exactly the same thing. That's hilarious. Um, somebody uses so fucking saying, brains. Are you comparing yourself to Casey Kasem? <laughs> a little bit. Yes, he's, uh, Kurt's been kidnapped and nobody knows where he is. Kind of like Richard Simmons. <laughs> I want somebody who uses fucking brains. Uh, but uh, the uh, the... STL Blues History Twitter account tweeted out the uh, video, uh, a video from uh, uh, John Kelly is talking and it shows uh, his uh, it's a little, little segment they did. I think it was in between periods of a game uh, or before the game, maybe uh, back back in, in 2012, where it shows the, uh, I'm sorry, back in like what, the, probably the early 90s, early 90s, late 80s. Yeah. Um, John Kelly was a young man. Right. He was. And, uh, but it's a, it's, it's a really cool little quick segment on, uh, on Ron Caron, it just shows a video of him in the press box, basically just uh, how emotional and passionate he was uh, uh, cheering on the Blues, uh, how angry he got, and how vocal he was. It's so hilarious. Yeah. Every play. Yeah. Every play. He's, <laughs> he's just barking he's down orders. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, watch the metal. Watch the metal. <laughs> shoot the puck. Mm. Yeah, he did yell shoot it. He w- he was one of those guys. Yeah. No. I, that's, that's where it started. I would have loved to have sat next to him for a game. That'd been fantastic. Mm. Well, they should right next to him because you got slapped in the face. I would have loved it. They should have like had uh, sold a special ticket to, <laughs> to sit next to Ron Caron in a game. Uh, today's date, uh, January 9th, two, uh, 1987. Bernie Federico suffered a broken jaw when hit by teammate Mark Hunter's stick in a 5-1 to loss versus the Edmonton Oilers. Um, there's a uh, write-up here from the uh, newspaper uh, in the tweet as well. Talks about uh, it was his jaw was broken in two places, <laughs> uh, once right in the center of the the chin, where at the point of the jaw, and then once near the up near the the jawbone, or the uh, hinge, whatever the fuck it's called, the hinge of the jawbone where it connects to the skull. What the fuck? I don't know. The joint. Two pla- the, the joint. The jaw bones <clears throat> connect to the skull bone. 
Two two places broken. He's out for three to four weeks. That has got to be painful. It doesn't seem long enough, three to four weeks, to be for that kind of injury. Yeah, that, that that was the prognostication by the doctor there, mm-hmm. right? But right, he may my, have been out longer. My recollection was that it was like eight weeks, a hell of a lot longer because <laughs> it, it was. I there well, was so much hope for that season because that was the year after the Monday Night Miracle, mm-hmm. and they had most of those pieces still together, and thought maybe they could take a run, and that that was just so disheartening to him. Yeah, really for most of the rest of the season. I don't know. Maybe we should have more beers with him and ask him about it. <laughs> you know, uh, actually, well, uh, the whole broken jaw in multiple places thing, that happened to a friend of ours. Yeah, yeah. Courtesy of a friend uh, of Jeff's. Friend of Jeff's. <laughs> so uh, that, uh, that, that, and he was out for, he couldn't fucking eat solid foods for a long time. Yeah. Well, like, I don't know, how well, a month or two? Yeah. So. Yeah, it was, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to train uh, as a professional, I'm sure, would have been challenging. Yes. Yeah, to maintain your weight and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. That's uh, just, just, just remember, folks, these are the kind of people that I associate with. <laughs> <laughs> right. This was a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. It was way before I knew this guy, too. It's, uh, yeah. This was, that was, what year was that? Back in mm-hmm. 2000, was it in the 2000s? I don't think so. It was late 90s, 99 maybe? I wasn't even born I yet. Know, I don't know. It was during a game. It was during a hockey game. We didn't mention that. Right. <laughs> it was right. an altercation. Right. But anyway, uh, the uh, topics on first on the agenda before we get into much of a ranting mode. Um, the uh, the All Star Game is coming in 2020, which is pretty cool. First time in St. Louis since 1988, and this will be the third time in St. Louis uh, for the All Star Game overall. Um, we hosted one back in the early days, uh, something like five years after we were here, or something that we were the first expansion team to host one. I think it was. Yeah. yeah. Back was, in 70, yeah. 70 something? 72. 72? Yeah. Yeah. I remember when the one came through in 88 that, uh, yeah. That, well, you yeah, got the, the, yes, you got the, the, uh, the ice bucket. The point behind bucket. Kirk. Yeah, it's on camera too. Yeah, yeah the, the ice bucket with the All Star Game uh, logo on it. So I think I yeah. tweeted out after it was announced. I'm like, oh, I got to find an ice bucket from the <laughs> 2020 All Star Game. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> do, do they make ice buckets I, anymore? I, I don't know, and I, I'm hoping somebody will. Just I don't. It would. I don't have. I didn't. I don't know. Right. The ice bucket thing is weird. I found it and I saw it and I had to have it. So it didn't matter what it was. If it had the All Star Game logo on, I'm going to buy it. So yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like getting up, but I have a uh, Pepsi bottle that has a 1988 uh, NHL All Star Game logo on it. So uh, that's one of my pieces of pride and joy, I guess. I thought you were gonna say pieces of flair. That too. Yeah. No. I. I. My most consistent memory of uh, going to practice at Athens Ice Rink uh, in high school is every time we'd walk in, they had the uh, team pictures from the uh, All Star Game in '88 on the wall there, and I just every time I'd have to look at it. And, yeah, Patrick Waugh, That was his. Uh, Third year in the league, and uh, I mm-hmm. think first all, all-star appearance, but it was the Mario Lemieux show. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, yeah, six points, was it, I think? Yeah. Something like that. 
Um, he took away MVP honors. And the truck. Yeah. They, they, they stopped giving away uh, cows at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Gary Unger. Gary Unger may have gotten the last cow I have, from the All-Star game. Uh, for those not aware, that uh, he, Gary Unger actually was awarded a cow after <laughs> winning the All-Star Game MVP honors back in whatever the fuck year it was. So so I, I did a cut, little bit of digging uh, for, uh, for for this little conversation here. I looked up uh, all-time Blues All-Stars. Uh, let's, it, it's not hard to guess, so I'm going to have you guys guess. Who is the All-Star leader in games played for Blues history? It's actually a tie for two players in Blues history. Yep, I'm gonna say uh, I I have a name in my mind. So, yeah, Bill, you go first. Do you have one? Brett Hull. I'll say McKinnis. Brett Hull. Brett Hull is one of them. Okay. Al McKinnis is not. Ah, all right. I was going um, off the board. The other is uh, someone you literally just mentioned. Unger. Gary Unger. Huh. They both appeared seven times. I have his uh, signed hockey puck on my shelf over there. And then, uh, let's see. I mean, let me pull up my – I got a little infographic I made for this too. Uh, all right. So that was uh, most games played. Most goals it was held by two players at three. Well, um, you would think Hall, right? Most appearances, Hull, most goals. Hall is, is one of them. Okay. Tarasenko. No. Dem- he, uh, is, Dimitra. he is no longer with us. Pavel Dimitra. Ah. Most goals tied with Brett Hall. Most points is held by one player. Just take one guess. You'll get it. Brett Hall. Brett Hall, 10 <laughs> points. Uh, most goalie appearances. There are three goalies that hold it at two. Do Mike you know Lee. who they are? Mike Leute's one of them. Um... I'm sorry. Mike Leute is not one of them. That's a lie. He was only in one. Mm, and he was the MVP. That was. I uh, think so, yeah. So two two appearances? Uh, two appearances. There's three goalies that have done this. Elliot. Elliot's one of them. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he sucked, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he was he only terrible. holds, like, every goalie record we have. Good thing they got rid of him. Yeah. And all-star appearances, too, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. <laughs> um, uh, Jake Allen. No. <laughs> uh, the other two, I'll just tell you, because this segment's going Grand to be Grand Fear. Nope. Yeah. Glenn yeah. Hall and Jacques Plant. Well, uh, okay. Yeah. Yep. I would have taken a while to get to them. <sighs> so so take that to your next uh, <sighs> cocktail night uh, for trivia hour. Uh, the uh, projected uh, economic impact of the All-Star game in St. Louis, $20 million. So there's that, and it'd be not. It would have been really nice if we'd have like uh, it probably been, gosh, maybe a f- couple million more if there were uh, extensive uh, 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 like bars and restaurants and things immediately In surrounding a district. You think like Ballpark Village? You think like uh, I mean Columbus? It'd be nice. To, yes, it'd be nice to like walk out of Scott Trade or Ameritrade and uh, Enterprise. Ameri- My God, right. Enterprise Center. Wow. And, and I know Ameritrade. Where the fuck that come from? <laughs> Ameritrade could it could have been Ameritrade. Yeah, it could have been because but, Scott they bought Scott Trade, but I, right, they I, already I, have a building. I but. was gonna say the Wachovia Center, but you know, <laughs> <laughs> Wells Fargo Center. Yeah, um, the the but, greatest in the legacy of 
uh, Wells Fargo Wachovia was the most appropriately named arena in Philly of all time was the First Union Center, the FU Center. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's nice. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, no, and uh, I, I'm uh, so I, I've actually never I don't remember the first All Star game. Not to talk about my age here. The but, first uh, I'm 33. The first one was no, like was, 72. Oh, well, not that one. But the last <laughs> one that was here. Uh, I was only three years old when that came to town. Actually, I guess I was only two at the time. Uh, so I don't remember any of it. Uh, my dad's told me stories. I've heard from other people, but uh, I'm excited. You know, I, it, from what I hear, it's it's exactly like the Winter Classic in the sense that people outside of St. Louis don't give a shit. But inside St. Louis, it's going to be a party. It's going to be oh, really yeah. cool. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to it. I want to go to the skills competition. Yep. I think that's way more exciting than the game itself. You know what, though? But, the, uh, the skills competition, I mean, I used to love the skills competition. It's not more, what it used to be. No, it sucks now. You know why? It's yeah. They have cartooned that thing up, oh. uh, especially the, uh, the the creative breakaway bullshit they do. Yeah. Fucking coming down with a Superman cape and glasses and, like, the goalies, they're not even trying to make a save. It's just... It's just, it's, what the fuck? They're coming down in a costume and doing something goofy, and the goalie rolls over and it goes in. What the fuck is that? I, right. I it, think they got rid of that finally. Did they? Okay. But but yeah, they they have they have turned it into an NBA style skills competition, which I don't was, understand. I don't know why you have to do that. Right. It was a jump the shark kind of event in um, when they did it in Montreal the first time they did it. Ovechkin with the Superman cape and. Yeah, just terrible. I did enjoy the uh, uh, Subban dressing up like uh, Yager. Yeah, that, that was hilarious. That, that, was, that was pretty good. That was good. Now that's apparently that's that's done away with, um, but they do still have some goofy stuff. Um, you know, I'm not a fan of the the goalie shooting at the length of the ice, but at the same time, Mike Smith has done it, so I guess it's hard to uh, to really argue that one. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're keeping it interesting for the players and you know giving the fans something new. But yeah, I, I mean the the, the core stuff, the fastest skater, the you know just the straight up breakaway challenge. Now where you're trying to trick shots and all that shit. But you know the just the 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 one timer challenge, the hardest shot. That's the stuff that the fans right. really want to see. Accuracy, that, right? Yeah. That's what I want to see. Yes, I. I and like Jeff said, I want to go to that. I don't. I yeah. could care less about the game. Right. You know, and the whole weekend, the the weekend is designed for the local teams market and the sponsors. It's it's a big you know event for those two things. This is the one time we get to enjoy that here in St. Louis. So let's do it. It'd be it'd be fun to go to the All Star Game itself and just hang around, not to actually just watch the game. Right. I'd like to be around the arena. Or inside the arena and just you know just hanging out doing stuff, but uh, yeah, I, that, yeah. That, that that would I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to it, and and I like like uh, you guys said I'd I'd rather go to the skills competition myself too. Um, that's more fun, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Blues prospect or minor league prospect, uh, Clem Costin, <laughs> Costin versus Canada in the World Juniors. Uh, Russia won the bronze medal um, after Russia's loss to the, to the United States. Costin was a little bit upset um, over losing. He uh, tossed his helmet, gave his watch away, and yelled, fuck you, to the Canadian crowd who was booing him for uh, 
for uh, his attitude. Um, and then, you know, he, after the game, he wrote the next day, he wrote an apology letter, uh, which a lot of people are speculating that his agent wrote for him. And then uh, in the bronze medal game um, against the Swiss, uh, he scored a goal and uh, put Russia up three to one and celebrated by uh, plugging, plugging his ears, plugging his ears with his fingers uh, and looking at the crowd. That was that was pretty awesome. So uh, uh, he finished the tournament with uh, three goals, three assists, and plus two in the seven games. And today it came out that he uh, uh, replaced cha- his agent. Replaced his agent. <laughs> so. Uh- I- so listen, we're we're a blues talk show, uh, so we're going to talk about this. But um, really, my honest opinion about this, I'm not going to take either side. I think social media is to blame for all of this because this is to me this is a nothing story. Oh, yeah, this is this is this is Clem Costin upset that he lost, and a bunch of raucous fans booing a teenager. Um, it's just it's a nothing story. I mean. Either side, there was both wrong. There was both right. People are, you know, taking the side of, well, he's passionate. That's what we need. And and the other side is, uh, you know, oh, he's being a baby. I don't give a shit. If the guy can play <laughs> hockey, that's what I care about. And I just think this has been so overblown. Yeah, you know, you know why it's not a big deal? Because if you look back to, granted, it's a different era, but uh, Blues fans went into the stands in Philly and fought the fans. <laughs> yeah, and now, right. now this is a big deal where he says. Uh, uh, he says "fuck you" to the fans when he's skating on the right. rink. So I, who who cares? I remember Al Secord getting kicked out of a game at the arena and stood. That was at the old arena. The visiting team came out through the Zamboni gate and had to go back into the bowels of the the joint. And he stood at the Zamboni gate and just flipped the bird to the crowd. It's probably <laughs> eighty three, eighty four. And my dad's like, I I can't even explain that to you, son. <laughs> but it's I knew what it was. It was hilarious. I mean, that's ah. it, it. It is. A, it is. I mean, it's a. It's if any. I don't know people. I, I to be honest, I think people personally. I think people who are uh, upset what at what he did are overly sensitive. I don't know why that would bother you. It doesn't affect you. I don't. I mean, whatever. But well. There, there's a lot of pearl clutching going on north of the border. <laughs> well, <laughs> they they had a kind of poor show it as the hosts. Yeah, well, I and you know what it it was it was poor sports. It was oh, oh, whatever. It was absolutely. I'm I'm not saying he was. You know, it was absolutely a, a poor sport thing to do. But um, I you know I personally I I'm not going to speak for anybody else. Um, I thought it was awesome. <laughs> it's it just I, I looked I watched it and I'm like yeah that's something I might do um and if I was playing in his shoes you know I might do the same kind of thing I I love it so it's, it's, he's emotional he's passionate I, so that's now granted if this becomes a re, a routine a repetitive thing where he's constantly saying fuck you to the fans and right. well that's kind of a problem but uh you know this is a big tournament and it's a it's a big deal and it was important to him and he right he was passionate yeah that is and whatever yeah, uh yeah no. well if i'm if i was gonna say if i'm taking a side i'm taking the side that um that yeah he's a passionate player that's what you want in a player and you know i bitch all the time again i think this is nothing but um, I bitch all the time about how players don't have personality in NHL nowadays. They're too afraid to say the wrong thing. He's showing personality. This is what a lot of people want. And 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 now you're gonna chastise him for showing he's passionate. Plus, you got to figure the other side of it too. 
is that the NHL doesn't participate in the Olympics as far as we know, and they're not going to for the future. I mean, there's talk they're going to do it in China, but still no word of that yet. So for Clem Costin, this was likely his last chance to really play for his country. And uh, yeah, he wanted to win. And I like that. I want that in a player. I mean, what you're hearing about the Blues locker room right now, this is what you want. Again, I, I think that this whole thing's been overblown, but if I'm going to take a side, that's the side I'm on. Yeah. Uh, did you hear about the uh, – uh, they're talking about uh, having a uh, World Cup of Hockey tournament again in 2020? That's nothing. That's not playing for your country. That's a gimmick. No, 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 no. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of halfway <laughs> changing the subject here about the – Yeah. I, uh, which I, I enjoy the tournament. I, I like it. Yeah. Oh, I like it too, but I just – I know for the players it's not – it's not the Olympics. It's not WJC. Uh, I guess not, but I mean, uh, especially when you have a team North America and a team World. Yeah, that or just the or the Europe kids, or whatever it was. Right, the kids that can't get on to the you know th- their home team's roster or is made up of countries that yeah. don't have enough talent. You know, yeah. Anze Kopitar. Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, I like that's it. just a little gimmicky for me. I think that. If you want to go all out with this World Cup thing, you really should have like a preliminary tournament with the other countries, do away with the team North America, and but, but what they're doing is it's, it's just to showcase NHL talent. That's the only reason they're doing it. They 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 found a way to make money where they weren't making money off the Olympics. But yeah, if they really wanted to be serious about this, I think if you went all out, you had a prelim with you know the Kazakhstan's and the Slovakias and the um, uh, Slovenia's. I think that would be a really cool tournament. I think people, I think players would be really excited about it, but they just, they've made it a gimmick and it's fun to watch, but it's still just a gimmick. Uh, Pat Maroon has, uh, well, JR Rutherford, uh, had a story in the athletic a few days ago. Uh, he, uh, talked about Pat Maroon and, uh, the likelihood that he may be traded, uh, soon. Uh, he has a full trade clause right now, but on January 31st, it turns into a modified no-trade clause where he can give a list of eight teams he does not want to be traded to. So from February 1st through the 25th, the Blues will have the flexibility to trade him to 22 other teams. Um, I proposed this uh, question. Um, well, it, it was it mentioned that if the, uh, by a, a league source, if the Blues can trade him, uh, a league source suggested that a fifth-round draft pick was about the best compensation the club could expect. So... I tweeted this out and asked people. and got a number of responses um, about uh, you know if you were the GM and uh, as a or as a fan, what would you do with Maroon if the best return for Maroon was that fifth round draft pick? Uh, the options were trade him for the pick, uh, keep him, let him walk at the end of the season, or sign him to an extension. Those are really your three options with him at this point. So. Uh, and 40% said trading for the pick, 45% said keep him and let him walk, 15% said sign him to an extension. What do you guys want to do with Pat Maroon? I, well, okay, I don't want to keep Pat Maroon on this team. Um, it's, it's clear he doesn't work in this system, and he might not even... Honestly, the speed that he's lacking, he may not even be a, a true NHL player at this point. But 
Uh, I would say try to dangle him to uh, Edmonton and Anaheim. They they both teams loved him there. He obviously had a lot of success with McDavid. Uh, Oilers are going to be making a playoff push here. Maybe I add his piece back, and and maybe you find that chemistry again. Um, you know, they they traded him off because they weren't a playoff team last year. Well, they are again. So maybe they could find lightning in the bottle. And, and uh, again, maybe all you get for him is a draft pick. But if you can make it part of a bigger deal and, uh, you know, send a couple players over there, get a couple players back, maybe that's a, a nice option to have. But, hey, there I mean, we don't know. There may be a reason, another reason Edmonton decided to move him last year. Maybe there's a locker room issue. I don't know. But um, I think that's something I would try to pursue first. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you can get anything for him at this point, he's going to walk. There's no point in signing him to an extension. Just get whatever you can. Uh, hold on to him until the trade deadline if you have to. Actually, February 1st to the 25th. <clears throat> yep. So, yeah, I would hold on to him until the 25th if you actually have to, and then just dump him off for anything you can get. Yeah, I think I think it would be foolish to let him walk. I think he's a very – I think a lot of teams would be interested in him at the salary since he signed uh, cheap here. Um, so I think, uh, getting something for him, whatever it may be, it's not gonna be much, but, um, something's better than nothing. And, and, uh, I, I agree with you, Jeff. I don't, I, he's, I, it's, it's, it's interesting how different a player can look uh, in different systems, different situations. Um, he, he is slow, which we knew that going in, he was slow, but I, I, I've been shocked at how minimalistic his net front, net front presence is. And how poor his hands are. I, 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 I mean, I always thought, well, he's slow, but he's got pretty good hands around the net. No, not, not really. I mean, he's, he's, he's a big guy who hasn't even really thrown his weight around that much. Um, he's had a couple of fights. I, I mean, I, I made a comment that was, you know, uh, on Twitter about that. Actually, Phil Maroon uh, jumped me on over was, was the uh, about how. I was surprised about how much Pat Maroon loses the puck behind the end red line when he's uh, uh, battling for the puck. He gets out muscled, outworked, and uh, constantly, yeah, all the time. And yep. uh, I was jumped on for that. I'm like, what the fuck? That's that's it's, it's eye tap. You can see it. I mean, I don't know what the so. Here's, I, see, here's here's the problem, and I and I think that part of it was hype, and I think part of it was just what we've seen him do with other teams. I was under the belief that he is a he was a very very light version of Keith Kachuk, and by that I meant he's not fast, but he's good to go to the net. He's good around, like you said, good hands around the net. Uh, he doesn't get worked off the puck. But let's be honest, all we've seen him do this season, and I mentioned on the show before, he gets hit, he gets knocked off the puck, he doesn't even react. He just skates away and just lets it happen, which was not anything I thought. That I would see from him. So, and so, and he's not, he's just not a strong puck handler by any means, any imagination. And again, you thought, okay, this guy's a former, what, 30 goal scorer with the Oilers. He's got to have some good soft hands there, right? I mean, he's got well, Jamal Mayer's hands. You know, obviously, Maroon <laughs> can perform in certain situations. He's proven that. Right. He, the situations where he's been successful, the the two most successful situations he's been in in the NHL, were Anaheim and Edmonton, 
and he was playing with world-class centers who could do all the work and set him up with incredible passes. The The Blues have decent centers, but they can't afford to put Pat Maroon on their line. Well, yeah, I, I mean, would you rather have Berglund's or Maroon at this point? Berglund, <laughs> Berglund. Isn't that, isn't that sad? Well, yeah, but Jeff and I were also both Berglund fans. True, so. true. I was I was not, so. I just think that, that Berglund offers, I mean, again, he's not, he's not an elite by any means either, but I think he's got more of a scoring touch. I think he's better defensively. He's quicker, not a lot quicker, but he's quicker. Um, and I think he's just, his hockey IQ looks better. And I hate to be ragging on Pat because we've seen what this guy could do on other teams. It's just, he doesn't look like the same player on this roster. He doesn't even look like he belongs in the NHL at this point. And, and maybe you trade him and, and all of a sudden that happens. And, and, you know, people, of course, would say, well, why'd we trade him? He's not going to do it here. And I think yeah. he's made that clear. So it just... You just got to move on at this point. Yeah, you know, I feel like he was he was a you know low risk, potentially high reward signing. That's how we yeah. looked at it. Well, you know, when he was brought in because of what he had done in other places, and he's the hometown boy, and he's a great story that you can sell. Hey, we can put out a bobblehead for him and get <laughs> that's people a cool to bobblehead. Up. It, it was, that was an it awesome was, bobblehead. It, you know what though? I would I would say at the Maroon signing, I would have said that was a no risk. High reward signing. I would say there was like for the for the contract we signed him for one year, one point seven five. That was half of what he was gonna get somewhere else. And I'm like, oh hell yeah, that's 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 a. I mean, it doesn't matter if he does nothing, and that's well, he's doing next to nothing <laughs> as it is. So uh, I don't think we're. I don't think he's hurting us financially because of his play, but I think um, because of his salary and the fact that other teams might still find value in him. I think they can get something for him. Uh, Ray in the YouTube chat says, uh, asks, would Maroon be succeeding under decent uh, coaching? And I don't know so much coaching. I think it's just a, uh, just a uh, well, maybe it is coaching with a different system. Different players. I mean, it, it's, like, it's like you guys said. He's, he can succeed like a lot of players could if you play on a line with a world-class center. Ryan Getzlaff, Connor McDavid. Right. So I, and I think that that frees him up for more stuff. He doesn't have to do as much work, maybe. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I mean, he has he did have a rib injury and a knee thing, but uh, yeah, he said he's he said he's healthy though. He's fine. Well, you 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 know, I know that we say world class center. You know, you got Getzlaff and McDavid. McDavid's obviously in a class of his own. But I mean, really, at the end of the day, Ryan O'Reilly in terms of talent isn't that far behind Getzlaff. No, Getzlaff's going to put up more points, but the difference is he's not that type of center that a Pat Maroon needs. He's Ryan O'Reilly's, you know, he's going to shoot the puck more. He's going to, uh, you know, he's going to create space. Whereas Ryan Getzlaff's going to thread the needle every time chance he gets, you know, Adam Oates type player. that's going to try and pass it every chance he gets. And that's why Maroon was successful with them. Uh, there's just not that type of center with the blues. Um, the centers on this team. The closest thing you have to that, I I think, is is Jaden Schwartz on the wing. But you're not going to put the slowness of foot of Maroon with Jaden Schwartz and, and Braden Shen. That that line needs to work off a little speed. Yeah, 
and Maroon did get at the beginning of the season under uh, the dearly departed Mike Yo, uh, did get a chance to play with Tarasenko and O'Reilly, and uh, that lasted all of what six, no, five periods. I think it was broken up the second game. Yeah, I think we even said that because you know in the training camp that was the line they were pushing. Uh, and, and then they had uh, what I can't remember who they had with um, uh, Schwartz and Shen, but uh, might have been Perron. But either way, um, yeah, we we said at that time that that line they're going to give so much time to try and figure it out together because that's the line they want to be on the first line because you got O'Reilly with two guys that can shoot the puck and score, but I think quickly. And as dense as Mike Yo was as head coach, um, I think quickly the head, the, the coaching staff realized, man, Maroon is an anchor on this line. You can't have this guy out there with two elite playmakers like Tarasenko and O'Reilly. It's crazy how how different Maroon has panned out than we thought he might. It's like night and day. Um, and it's sad. Everybody it is sad. It to work oh, out. and you know, I, and from everything I, you know, he's he's a great guy, um, and I feel really bad for him. Um, and I'm not hating on the guy. I just, you know, he's just, I'm just, you know what I mean? He hasn't, he hasn't added to this team as no. he was expected to. I, I don't think anybody hates him. He seems like a really nice guy. He's a he, everybody's pulling for him, right? And it's just, I mean, you know, it's it's a great story. It's just he, not working out. He gets to play here in front of his kid, and it's not working out. For I know him. that's gonna be rough. And yeah, I I mean, I hate the I hate the thought that that's you know that's probably not gonna last for him. Well, and and it's making you think too, because we've said before, you know, back when Paul Stastny was signed. And we, you know, hey, hometown boy, he's going to be motivated. Okay, Pal Stastny, he was okay, didn't work out, didn't pan out to the contract. Okay, hey, here's Pat Maroon. He's going to he's gonna step in as a hometown boy and do some great stuff. That's not working out. Maybe the Blues should stop signing the hometown boys. You know, it's a good thing uh, Pat LaFontaine didn't sign here. Otherwise, he wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Excellent point. Excellent point. Uh, Jordan Bennington got the uh, the call in Nets uh, the other night against Philadelphia. Uh, gets his sh- gets the shutout in his first NHL start. Um, in his only other action this year with the Blues, he allowed two goals on 13 shots versus Pittsburgh on December 29th, and two goals on 12 shots versus Calgary on December 16th. Both games were in relief of Jake Allen. Um, his stats in San Antonio uh, last season: 17 and 9, 17 9 and 0. 205 GAA and a 926 save percentage. This season he's 11-4-0 with a 208 GAA and a 926 save percentage. So he's pretty. Last two seasons down in uh, San Antonio has been pretty consistent. Um, Bennington was sent down to uh, uh, the rampage to get in some work before uh, because while he was here he didn't get much game action. And his last start in San Antonio, before being called back up, he pitched a shutout. So. Monday night versus the Flyers, he stopped all 25 shots that came his way. And he looked really good. Um, he stopped the shots that were stoppable, and he made a few excellent saves on top of that. So Yeah, uh, I want to I want to get uh, Bill's opinion on, on what his game looked like. But all that I want to say is uh, um, I, I loved, and I, I put this on Twitter, and I had a couple people giving me shit about it, and I, you know, course. whatever. Um, of course. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, I just said, I like the way he plays. I like 
how he was on top of the crease. He was challenging shooters. Um, and, and he just, I don't know. He looked more square to shots. He, he was ready. Um, and I know that, that I'm not trying to compare to Jake Allen. It's one game. So I'm not saying I'm ready to see him go as the starter. We'll get to that conversation here in a minute. But um, I thought that was a great game. And, and we've been saying, and I know you guys have said this too, Allen had 14 straight starts. And it's not that he was awful throughout that whole time, but it was clear he was winding down. And yet they kept putting him out there. And then they would pull him and put Bennington in. And Bennington wouldn't look good in relief. And so it was, well, obviously, Billy Bennington's not ready either. Give him a fucking start. See what he does in a start. And they finally do it. And look at that. All of a sudden, whoa, holy moly, he pitches a fucking shutout. Yeah. <clears throat> so my my impression of his game was that he was, it was the first time I, it looked like a Blues goalie had been comfortable in the net for a while. Like he just he had an ease about his game. Like Jeff said, he was on top of his crease. He was assertive. He he played his angles well. He wasn't overly aggressive. Um, a, a point that we'll get to a little bit later in the uh, Jake Allen section of the show. Uh, <laughs> but he he looked comfortable. He looked confident, and he he provided the Blues a game that they needed. And I thought absolutely he deserved to get the start the next night, not because he should be anointed the starter, but because he just, he played a great game and the team looked great in front of him. So reward him. But before that game was even over, even, you know, before we knew the shutout was, was there, I knew that he wasn't going to get the chance because Craig Berube and Doug Armstrong are fucking morons. I'm sorry. This team is fucking stupid when it comes to goaltender decisions. They're they're afraid of creating a goalie controversy, but the goalie controversy is that your goalie fucking sucks. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, what what's annoying, and we don't need to get into this. I mean, we've talked about this before, but you know, you look at the tweet that Jeremy Rutherford put out. I think it was yesterday. Phoenix Copley having a great season yeah. in Washington. Why the hell Which, was he traded back to Washington? Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, I, 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 that, that made that at the time we're like, what? Why did what? Why? It made no sense no. in that trade. I know. I don't. I, I don't. I has Armstrong been asked about that? I guess he has been. Maybe I don't. I haven't seen. Does yeah? I don't know. Does did. If he would have been asked about it, I think Rutherford would have included that in the article. Uh, or in, well, it was just a tweet, so I don't know. Maybe there's an article to come. Jr. Well, write that. <laughs> write that story if you're not. Yeah, I know you're listening. Chop, chop. Jr. Come on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, chop, chop. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I don't. Again, I know we're going to talk here in a little bit about the, the the Dallas game and Jake Allen going back in the net, but uh, I think it just can't be understated or overstated enough that Jordan Bennington just. You know, he hadn't had an NHL start yet, but he looked so ready for that start. And I know that you see a lot of these goalies come in from the uh, AHL and and have a good first game because they're just so excited to get started. But um, this guy, and I said this a couple weeks ago, you know, the talk has always been Billy Huso, Billy Huso. You know, Jake Allen's a starter now. Billy Huso is going to take it over. Oh, we got this Fitzpatrick kid coming up. Bennington's been kind of forgotten in the shuffle. 
And you look at, and Kurt, you just ran off his numbers for the last couple of years. He's putting up great numbers in the AHL. Like, let's not forget about Jordan Bennington. He's obviously a guy that could step in. And, and I'm not saying he's going to be a starter. And Kurt, I know where you're laughing because I'm about to say it. <laughs> yeah. So, yep. But yeah, it's, it, you know, he's a guy that could easily step in and be a decent goalie in the NHL. Um, and it really does beg to ask the question why not Bennington? What about Bennington? Wait, why not? Why not Bennington? Uh, the obligatory screw up every time. Uh, it's funny because people on Twitter, and by people on Twitter, I mean the Jake Allen fans. What I'm talking about here, uh, were mo- after the game, near the end of the game, we could see what was happening, and at the end of the game, they were they were mocking the idea, almost like uh, mocking the idea before it was even mentioned. Uh, by other Blues fans, that Bennington should be the Blues starter now based on one, you know, you, you have people that say, oh, let's make Bennington the starter, either jokingly or some people are serious, whatever. But uh, first of all, let me say that nobody is saying to instantly anoint Bennington as our number one goalie based on one start in the NHL. Yeah. That's not that's not being said. No one's saying that. Um, uh, but, you know, that's it's a nice try to make you know, the uh, people who have been critical of Allen look kind of stupid. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I, 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 I knew Jake Allen, should he have started last night's game versus Dallas? I mean, we're, uh, no. you know, we're all no. of the same opinion. No, no? Okay. no absolutely That's, not. I, I think I, and after the game, I was like, I know it's going to happen. He shouldn't start, mm. I, but, but I know he's going to. And, and, well, I, and something, something you didn't mention yet, Kurt, sorry to interrupt, but, no. Uh, the the game before the Islanders, yeah, that was that was an abysmal performance. So it's not only that Jordan Bennington steps in, yes, against a lowly Flyers team and gets a shutout. It's not only that; it's that the last time Jake Allen was on ice, he looked like absolute dog shit. <laughs> he lost that game for the Blues, and you got a goalie who went in and won the game for the Blues. That's an easy decision. Why are you overthinking it? And there's there's a thing too. Uh, there's like half of a controversy now with with goaltending. People, oh well, we saw Bennington pitch a shutout in his first NHL start. Let's give him some more starts. The Allen supporters, no, 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 he's not the number one. It's back to Allen now. Um, I look at it this way, and I tweeted this out. It says a lot about Allen about how he Allen has played when a seven year minor league goalie comes in and plays like that in his first NHL start. One start. And then all of a sudden, you've got people want to see Allen sit so Bennington can play more. That If we had a real number one goalie, uh, honest to God, fucking number one uh, legit goalie, this shit wouldn't be an issue. Uh, uh. You, you, you give your backup a start. He pitches a shutout. Great. Fantastic. Good job. You did your job as a backup. Now we're going back to our number one guy because there's no question who the number one guy should be, and that's our number one. We don't have that here. And when a, when an, when a seven-year AHL guy comes in, pitches a shutout, and all of a sudden, whoa, half the fan base wants to start Bennington. And it's like, well, well, yeah, we want to start him because the other guy is, you never know what the fuck you're going to get, and half the time it's shit. So that's it, you, you can't blame uh, fans for wanting Bennington to start and, and, and being crazy that way. you, you got to blame Allen for not taking the number one job uh, by the throat. Yeah, and he just, well, it's just, like, it's and, up for the like grabs. Said, you have you have to blame management and coaching for yeah. that too. Yeah, no, I agree. For for having the whole situation there to start with, yeah, with yeah, just sticking with Allen. Yeah, I mean, 
So, are we done with the Philly game? Do you <laughs> yeah, want to yeah, talk yeah. about that? So, can well, we, Kurt, can let, we me, just... let me ask you a question, Kurt. Can I write an article on letsgoblues.com? You can, uh, yeah, you can write an article. All right. I, I'm going to tell you what the title is right now. Um, and it's going to be a, a borrowed from Mr. Bill Day. It's going to be called The Legacy of Doug Armstrong. And it's going to be about the goaltending blunders that we've seen with this team. Okay. Yeah. We're going to break it down. Bill, you want to help me with it? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. It's a co a co-author. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So last night's game, yep. I thought, was like... <laughs> Offered so many, so many insights into both how bad Jake Allen is when he's not on his game, which is normally the case. But Bill, but Bill, when he's on his game, he's borderline elite. Can't you fucking say that about every goalie in the NHL? When they're on their game, they're elite. Well, yeah, fuck yeah. yeah they're dude, when they're on their game, they're elite. He yes. won a series for the Blues like three years ago, guys. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. We <laughs> forgot ahead, about that. Go ahead, Bill. We forgot about <laughs> that. Sorry. No. So, so, but you put him out there against the first guy that was the casualty of, well, we've got Jake Allen in the pipeline. He's going to be our guy. Ben Bishop was the first blue chip prospect goalie we had had. And then Jake Allen came along, and they're like, you know what? Eh, he's expendable. We'll flip him to, what, Ottawa, I think it was? Ottawa, yep. So, so Ben Bishop was that guy. And he could have been the Pat Maroon, the hometown story. <laughs> yeah, you know? that's true. He's, <laughs> and, I mean, I out of all the guys, because I'm a goalie, out of all the guys that came up in St. Louis, he was the guy that I wanted to see succeed here. I, I was, yeah, just, he... Tall, athletic, he had he had everything. He just he was young and unpolished, and you know. So the the Blues make the decision that he's not going to be our guy. We're gonna you know we got Jake Allen, and then Bishop you know now probably at peak peak part of his career comes in here and plays a hell of a fucking game last night. He was incredible in the third period. Oh God! And and yeah. uh, so Jake Allen made a couple of great saves in the third period. He did. But he gave up the goal that should end his NHL career. <laughs> that goal that he gave up to Tyler well, Sagan, the second goal Sagan scored last night, should be the last goal he is allowed to concede in the Blues uniform. It, it Inexcusable. Well, yeah. the, the third goal, inexcusably bad. I, and there's no reason that goal should ever go in on any goalie ever. A peewee goalie stops that shot. Um but the second goal was not near as bad as that one, but it was bad. Yes. Because I, I, I showed the screenshots in the notes here um, of when the shot's taken. Because <laughs> at the time, at, at full speed, I thought, oh, maybe Edmondson screened him and he didn't get a look at it or maybe it was deflected. No. It, it, he, when the shot is let go, he has a clear lane to the puck. He can see it easily. He's looking right at it. There's no one in the way. And... He missed it. It went right. five hole. Right. He did not have his stick where it should have been. No. Well, it is here, but he lifted it. He, I mean, and the screenshot, it's, it's on the ice, but when he goes down, it came up. His stick right. came up. When he, if you watch him closely, that's common with him. It's, that's, that is common with him. He's always lifting his stick, and it always goes through his legs. I'm going to tweet out the it's, uh, picture. It's, it's, 
it's frustrating. Yeah, I mean, I, I said that the minute that goal went in. Uh, I was sitting here with my wife watching the game, and, you know, it, it goes in, and um, I right away just goes, oh, Jesus Christ, Jake. And she goes, oh, it looks like he was screened. I go, no, nah, let's watch the replay. I'm pretty sure he had a full eye on it. And then, Kurt, like you said, you've uh, maybe you should share that on Twitter. That's uh, um, right now. Right now I'm doing Yeah, we yeah we uh, uh, you, you can see when the shot's taken. Clear view. All he needs to do is get his body square to where the shot's coming he can read it off the stick. Even if a guy steps in front of him, you know, he should still be able to make the save because he sees it where it's going to go off the stick. And it just beats him clean. I mean, I know it's a five on three. So you can say, well, that's just, you know, five on three that, you know, chances are team's going to score. But that's a stoppable shot. I mean, any goalie in the league can make that save on that shot. Yeah. It should have. Yeah. I mean, to, if there's any fault of the defense on the play, it's that, you know, and I I can't really fault them because it's a five on three. They got pushed down on top of the crease. That's going to happen. But, again, Jake Allen was all the way back in the net, probably because of the pressure, uh, you know, of everybody on top of you him. You know what, though? Come but, out. Right. Create, create contact and get goal interference. I mean, that's I mean, and that's could, the thing. He doesn't ever when was the last time you saw him initiate contact no well he, he it's hard for him to do that because he plays so far back in his net half the time yeah when he's struggling and he's he's back in his net and it's he's not challenging it's like he's timid um he's, he's either doing that or he's overplaying pucks it, it, he has a hard time finding that 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 sweet spot um at the top of the crease yeah, I, I have to agree with St. Louis game time. I know we'll probably talk about that uh, that save, quote-unquote, that he made where he jumped back into the crease last second because uh, he came out to play it and mishandled. And, that was fun to watch. You know, it's a, I mean, it, you know what? At the end of the day, he did the right thing. He made the save, and you got to be happy for it. But at the same time, he put himself yeah. in that position. Yeah, that's right. you don't you don't get – that's like – that's what this is the exact same situation of giving Armstrong tons and tons of credit for a dump and a bad contract he created in the first place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is exactly, exactly the on ice version of Doug Armstrong. Right. right which, there. which, which, hallelujah, you save the day at the end of the day, but God damn it, if you didn't create the, the problem in the first place. So. Yeah. Yeah. So one of my favorite <laughs> things I saw last night was uh, the, uh, that there were a, a few memes of that play. And uh, the, my favorite was, uh, Jake Allen's bird box moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was good stuff. I haven't seen bird box either, but I, I'm getting it now. It, they have to wear a blindfold through the whole thing. Oh, okay. I've seen those. I've seen pictures of that. Okay. Yeah, they have to be like blindfolded because if they look into the demon, they get possessed or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's but no, funny. that's that is funny. Yeah. I, well, and and um, something that that I heard, I, I think I've mentioned on the show that. I actually watched the other team's telecasts just because you learn more when you watch the other team's telecasts. And you don't have um, to the other to team. Peg. Holy jumping. <laughs> uh, just that's that's not where I was going, but that's true. Not but, hurts. Um <laughs> Shrizzle no, Swartz. Uh, he the big he, Swede. Uh, it uh, just real quick on the Jake out on that goal. Jake you could hear him trying to find a way to defend it. He's oh, like, I know. Uh, it's just a bad goal. Yeah. I, I that that actually surprised me, yeah. but he actually came out and said that's a bad goal. I mean, you that you know it's a bad goal. You know it's a shit shit goal when Pang says 
it's, it's a, bad a bad goal, goal on a Blues goalie. Because <laughs> well, and he, let's and let's face it. I mean, that's apologist. a that that's not that's not the first goal of the game. That's not even a goal that that uh, that's putting a team up two to one. That's a back breaking goal. Three, three, I mean, it was three and one at that point, right? It was three nothing at that point. Three nothing. Three nothing. And, and you yeah. know what? To the Blues' credit, after that goal. They did play very well. They didn't. They, I mean, you, it could have been like a demoralizing. Oh my God, another one goes in right after kind of a goal, but uh, they actually played well after that. I thought. But, and, yeah, they did. And, and, and they they had a very good third period, uh, offensive pressure wise. They couldn't beat Bishop, but uh, yeah, that's uh, enough to even come close to winning the game. But um, I, I mean. Was it the uh, see third goal? Uh, Sagan's goal was the third goal. His second of the game. Um, Dallas's play-by-play guy uh, on the third goal. <laughs> I should have recorded this and played the clip. It was pretty funnier. Uh, I don't know what Allen was doing on that one. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know. Well, and that's 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 why I was bringing up the uh, that I watched other team telecast. I heard him say that, and I was like, "Yeah, I'm with you, man." <laughs> but uh, the um, I remember I watched the Buffalo game, the, the game the Blues did win. But one of their keys to the game was to get on Jake Allen early because the crowd will turn on him. So (laughs) if you score on him early, the crowd will boo him and then he will play poorly. Even other teams broadcasters know that, that he's just, he's not a strong goaltender, especially if he gives up a goal. So yeah, that goal goes in and you think, well, they're keeping him in. That means the blues are going to lose seven, nothing. Uh, we got a couple of things in the YouTube chat. Uh, Jake on mask says, uh, Oh, let's see. Let's go back a little bit. Um, Bennington totally looked comfortable. Uh, that was a uh, Mandarin melon. Uh, Ray Standeffer says been nasty. Uh, Dana Walker. Why not Bennington? Jake on mask. Winnington. I like that one. I like Winnington a yes. lot, actually. Yes, I do too. But I also like Deanna. Thank you for saying it correctly. <laughs> what about Bennington? <laughs> <laughs> I should do a little uh, what about Bob uh, uh, parody. Um, oh, that's a great that you know what? That's going to be in for Instagram for the show. <laughs> All right. I want credit. I want credit on that. Uh Mandarin Mellon says uh, Bishop looked like Zeus next to Allen last night, which is it's Not true. I mean, yeah. Um Bob Rakowski says if that messes with the psyche, uh his experiment would be over, no harm, no foul. Uh, Jake Collins Mask says, uh, sad that it took being down 3-0 to step their game up. And Jake Collins Mask said, four minutes of power play time to start the game and nothing to show for it. That's true. Oh, uh, I skipped one. Jake Collins Mask says, uh, serious question, what happens if Bennington gets rocked against Dallas? Uh, do you blame that on the lack of rest or that it was only his second start? Does that mess with the psyche? I think it's a... It's a gamble you got to take. Well, you know what? If it, it, it depends on the goals he allows and how they go in, and and it's a, I, I don't, I'm not gonna like generalize it because if they're shitty goals against, then they're shitty goals, and it's his fault. But um, and I, that's that's, I don't know. I, I, you have, I don't. If he gets rocked, he gets rocked. I, and that's you have to go back with him because your alternative is a guy who is a roller coaster uh, head case. So. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, you know what? I will generalize it. I will say that, yeah, you know, if he gets rocked in that game, I don't think it messes with the psyche because he's not Jake Allen. Jake Allen's a special kind of psyche. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he knows it's the NHL. 
you're playing a back-to-back after your first NHL start. You know, I mean, still a hats off for having a shutout in your first NHL start. But, um, yeah, I mean, if he gets rocked, he gets rocked. You know, like uh, like Bill said, that's that's the, the flip of the coin that could happen in any NHL game. But right now, and I know that Allen fans are going to hate me for saying this, just because I literally trust anyone over Jake Allen – I would rather have Bennington and Nett over Jake Allen. I don't care what time of day, how many games he's played. I don't care what it is. Give me Jordan Bennington. Give me almost anyone. I I, mean, I don't mean that as a uh, oh whatever kind of comment. I'm I'm serious. I I I've said this before. I was done. I was completely done with Allen after last season, and this season I really don't care who plays in his place because. He's one of the worst number one goalies, statistically speaking, in the NHL this season. You play somebody else, they can't play. You, you, the results are not going to be much worse, I don't think. I, I mean, and if they are, then so what? You're, you're in last place still. Yeah, it's, it's a roll of the dice. You know, I mean, we talk about it with uh, the last live show we had. We talked about... Well, who would you rather have, Berglund or Maroon? And and the conversation kind of led to, well, you know what you're going to get out of Berglund. You could still get something great out of Maroon. It's the same thing here with with goaltending. You know, it, you know what you're going to get out of Jake Allen. You're going to get one good start out of ten, and and he's going to give up five, six, seven spot one one of those games. You you got to take the unknown at this point. You got to say, well, Jordan Bennington's had some rough games here and there, or you know, Billy Huso's never played in the NHL, or even Fitzpatrick's never seen the NHL shot before. Yeah, you know, you don't know what you're going to get, but what you could get is better than what Jake Allen has given you. Uh, the uh, We're going to open up the show for uh, listeners to join us for a few minutes. Um, if you'd like to uh, join the show and uh, chat with us, about sound off about Jake Allen or anything else uh, shortly. we will. I'll tweet the link out right now, and you can... There it is. The Twitter account is at LGB Radio. You can go on there and you can click on that link and join us if you want. Um, the standings right now, 17, 20, and 4 are the Blues. Seven points out of a wild card spot with six teams to climb over to get there. They do have games in hand, but it doesn't matter if you don't win them. Um, trivia for you guys. Okay. Uh, who has the fewest road losses in the Western Conference? There are two teams tied. For the fewest there's road a, losses in the Western Conference. Don't there's look. a reason no, you're asking us no, this. No, no, no cheating. Don't look. I'm not looking. All right. There's a reason you're asking us this. Right. So I got to go with the Blues for one of them. Yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'll go Blues and Flames. Um. Blues and Sharks. Blues and Jets. Hmm. Fewest road losses in the West, Blues and Jets. However, the caveat for the Blues are they've only played 16 road games, I think it is, and they've not many. So that's partially why. Yeah. They are 500 on the road, and they are a few games under at home. Um, You and your misleading stats. (laughs) You you know what? You know what I hate? You know what I absolutely hate? I mean, we've we've seen teams before. I mean, the 05-06, you know, all – all those those years there um, with the number one picks coming in, um, we've seen these years where 
they've just been frustrating to watch and you say, okay, you know, it's December. Uh, they're not going to make the playoffs. You know, it's just not going to happen. It's fine. Just enjoy the rest of the season. Maybe there's just some weird optimist side of me that, that I've never had before, but I do. When they win a game, I say, okay, if they get on a roll, if they get on a roll, you just never know. And I don't know why it's, and I guess the reason, you know what? I do know why I know why, because we know this team can play better. We know this team has the ability to be a good hockey team. I mean, the fact that they've beaten some of the teams they've beaten, the games they've had. I mean, you look back at the the Toronto game, the Calgary game before Christmas, uh, the Buffalo game. They just looked solid for 60 minutes. We know they have it in them. And it's so frustrating because they get a win and you say, okay, this could be it. Maybe this is where they figure it out. But then they just come out and have another shit loss like they had to the Islanders or uh, or uh, last night to the, the Stars where just shit goals go in. Deanna Walker says, uh, Alan Honks are coming for you, Jeff. Bring it on, bitches. <laughs> uh, Mandarin Mellon says, Jordan uh, probably sees his opportunity as well. He could be a hero if he was somehow given the nod and takes us to a playoff spot. Um, Jake Lons Mask says, are you going to blow it up? Blow up if Alan starts tomorrow. It's a great question. Does Alan start tomorrow? <clears throat> okay. Uh, I get that you could probably uh, break that up in two questions. Should he start? Will he start? Yes. <laughs> no and yes. Um, I don't think he starts. No, I. I, I don't. He, why? I, why? He's, right. He's. They have the. They have the excuse that you know what he got beat up pretty bad. He he's he's being pretty hard on himself for that bad goal that he let in at the end of the game. He needs he needs the game to sit and think. And uh you know, but then on the flip side is oh, he's a proud guy. This is his hometown team. We want to play him. Um and and then Doug Armstrong is like, "Wait, we have backup goalies?" <laughs> uh um let's You see. know what though? I will say that I I I agree. I think I think Bennington plays, and I would play Bennington. Um, but man, I gotta say, if if and, and I know I've 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 been kind of harsh with Tom Stillman because I, I put a lot of this on him for not for for making Doug Armstrong still lead this team. Um, but man, if he starts, if Jake Allen starts tomorrow, I'm marching my ass into <laughs> Doug Armstrong's office and saying, "Dude, either you're fired." Or you go fire Craig Berube right now. I mean, that can't happen. You can't have him start tomorrow night. That was a question in the YouTube chat. Um, let's see. Will we have a head coach before the end of the season? Jake Allen's mask. At this point, no. I say no. If we were going to have a new one, it would have happened a lot sooner. Uh, right now, it's you're kind of in like a, a, a purgatory type time frame. I think I don't. I don't think uh, unless it's like a unless you're bringing up like a minor league coach. I don't think any experienced uh, veteran head coach is going to come in at this point with this team right now in the season. Yeah, yeah, no, the 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 Quinville pipe dream is over um, um, until we get in, to the off season, right? Until the off season, yeah. But 
you know, if, if somebody can convince him in season, then you know it's yeah, it's done. I, but if yeah, you were, if, if, if what's, what's the point? Yeah, well, that, that's what I was saying. If if if, if Quinn were to sign here next week, why? Well, I mean, I, I mean, that's you're you're asking him to essentially turn the team around. Then I mean, most coaches probably want to just get in fresh start, uh, get training camp with their system, and and go from there. Yeah. Um. Josh Vance says in the YouTube chat, a little digression. At what point is the season a complete loss and we start hoping for a first-round pick too early? Uh, that's where I, started. I think that was mid-December. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of You know, I, I, so I'm friends with a, a pretty good friends with a guy who's an L.A. Kings fan, and they pretty much knew, I mean, shit after October, that they were they were going to be a draft lottery team. And I asked him, I'm like, so, you know, what do you root for every night? He's like, I root for the Kings to win. I don't care. He's like, I can't root for my team to lose. Right. And I think back to back when, uh, you know, it was uh, the, the 0506 year, uh, you know, or uh, the year before they drafted Johnson. I remember that too. I remember just saying, you know, I know this team isn't doing anything and I know that we need the, the number one pick, but I don't want to lose to the Red Wings. I don't want to lose to the Blackhawks. I don't want to lose to the Avalanche. Like thinking right. about all these teams I didn't want to lose to and, and, and I'm still like that. You know, I, I, I try I, not. I, I, you know what? I try not to think too far ahead um, as a as a Blues fan. I, you get in trouble if you do that. So I I, I almost I, I'm I don't do it quite as much as I used to, but I'm always like, uh, okay, here's a situation, here's a scenario. We're this far out of the playoffs. Um, playoffs are the goal. Um, if we do this, teams in front of us aren't playing out of this world either. Um, if we can get on a roll, you never know. Like you said earlier, Jeff, you never know if you get on a roll. And I do the same thing. After a win, okay, they played well. And they played, you know what? They played really well against Dallas. They deserve to win that game. But Bishop stymied them, which is a story this time and time again. It sucks to say that. But, and then. Well, it's, it's the Bishop stymied them and then Allen right, let them down. Right. Allen let him down in net with two goals that he should have had. Um, and then Bishop was fantastic in the third. So that's, I mean, 27 shots to 17 is what that they, the Blues out shot. The, 17 shots. 17 fucking shots you allow when you lose, you allow three goals. That, that's, 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 they, you should you win know, every time. The, what there's, was, no, there's only one thing worse than that four goals on 14 shots. Right. <laughs> right. That was the Islanders right, game, right? Right. Right. Yep. God, it, and actually, it was, it was three goals on something like 14 shots, but because he made a few saves after that. So, yeah. Yeah, because they they weren't putting Fitzpatrick in that game. <laughs> uh, more questions in the YouTube chat. More discussion. Um, let's see. Uh, this team is awesome as individuals for sure. Josh Vance says not as a team. Uh, Mandarin Mellon versus Washington. The Blues were a nightmare. Well, they beat Washington. Yeah, they the the game nobody expects them to play. Right, yeah. And they put together a team game that, you know, Sunquist, you know, had gotten taken out by uh Wilson in the preseason and everybody responded and it looked like it was for Sunny. Uh Hawaii Blues fan says hi from Hawaii. Aloha from Hawaii. I was gonna say he didn't say No, he didn't say hi. From no, Hawaii. He didn't say hi from Hawaii. <laughs> right. Aloha, guy. Bonjour guy. <laughs> Alan's mass says enough about Alan. Uh, thoughts on uh, Perron having as many goals uh, as uh, Schwartz and uh, Tarasenko combined. Perron's been a nice. I, I've, I've Perron. You can't complain about Perron. I mean, I, 
He's well, been, you can. You can. And you do. Well, you can, you do, but uh, you really don't as much because of his production has been good this year. You know, I, I we I know we talked about it in our uh, the show that we had after the Ryan O'Reilly trade, but um, if you would have asked me after the signing, right after the signing, you know, what do you think? I, I would have been like, what the fuck is Armstrong doing? I was pissed off. But then when, when the, the, the changes just started going way through the, the offense, I said, you know, he's going to have a new cast of characters to play with. Let's see what he can do. And I liked his game. I mean, I know he got the healthy scratch earlier, and I know that um, Barubi's not been a huge fan of his play from time to time. But um, I think overall he's been he's been good. You know, I think he's earning his contract. I think he's going above his contract. I what they signed him to wasn't too awful, I don't think. Um, the one that I'm questioning now, and, and I think everyone is, is Tyler Bozak. Yeah, that's. They talked about the uh, Rivers and Kimball talked about it in their show, their last show, and uh, about how that was a panic signing at uh, the start of free agency, and and uh, had he si- had they made the uh, uh, O'Reilly trade first, they would have never signed Bozak. So. Uh, Hawaii Blues fan says, sorry, we're not able to get together maybe next time. Oh, that was for, okay, yeah. Maybe next time. Yeah, he was in town recently for his birthday. Um, Josh Vance says, why do you think O'Reilly and Tarasenko appear to not have chemistry? Or do you think they do? How are the two top players not connecting as well? Uh, Tarasenko hasn't had chemistry with anybody. Yeah. I, I, no. I don't think it's, I don't think it's uh, O'Reilly. It's, that's, it's Tarasenko. He's 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 got he's got to do it himself, if he if he produces more or less. Yeah, you know, I I think uh, about two years ago on this show we talked about how the Blues need to find that elite setup guy for him. But I mean they've they've got they've tried a couple guys out for him now. They've tried out um, Chen and and uh, um, O'Reilly, and uh, lately they've even tried Bozak. Stasny just, got a little bit of a look. Stastny, yeah, I mean they've they've the tried out different guys it. for him, and it's just he's not worked with any of them, and it's at this point it's on him. He needs to figure his game out before the Blues start going out and trying to acquire more centers and trying out every center in the league. I mean, it seems like at this point the only one that's going to work for him is McDavid or Crosby. So uh, real quick, uh, uh, and not to go back to Jake Allen, but I had some stuff here. His situational save percentage, okay, with Jake Allen. Uh, he's 32nd in high danger save percentage, 32nd ranked in the NHL, with a, at a 79.8% uh, save percentage in high danger situations, meaning high uh, pressure scoring chances, uh, great scoring chances on the ice. 61st in medium danger scoring chances, and 49th in low danger scoring chances. He's 49th in the NHL in save percentage in low danger scoring chances like shots from the point or uh you know uh, uh easy shot easy saves basically so that's one thing so and it's expected save percentage versus the actual save percentage for those who don't know expected save percentage uh is the save percentage that a goalie should have with a league average performance given the quality of shots a uh, quality of chances he's faced uh, it's important to note that expected save percentage is not a measure of how the goalie has actually performed. It merely serves as a benchmark for the save percentage that an average goalie should have posted given the quality of chances he faced. I love this stat. So Allen's expected save percentage this season, 923. 
which is 23rd in the NHL in expected save percentage, which means 22 teams have been better defensively in front of their goalies than the Blues have been, which sounds about right. Um, Allen's actual save percentage, 896. So he's well below what it should be based on the quality of shots he's faced according to advanced hockey stats, however much stock you put in advanced statistics for a save percentage. Yeah, goaltending advanced stats are, are uh, becoming much better than they were a couple of years ago. Um, I like the expected save percentage. That's yeah. that's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It really shows. I, it, it really shows how. Un, it, it really shows how a goalie is performing based on how he should be performing, and that's yeah. Tell him. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's anyway. It's. <laughs> No matter how you cut it, Jake Allen's not an NHL goalie. No, I mean, if he's a, he's a backup. Yeah. He's a backup is what he is. Um, so the Twitter question – Go ahead. Oh, I, I, I was just going to say that um, I think lately too, I feel like the – and again, maybe we need to pull out the advanced stats to look at that. But uh, uh, I feel like lately the Blues' defense has been better. I feel like yeah. they've – Oh, I agree. Really, oh, they, yeah. they've tightened up a lot in the last 10 to 15 games – Yet we're still seeing the same results. I agree. I, I, the, I mean, people want to give Allen all the credit for the that little the, turnaround yeah. we had in December, right? But I, I think, I mean, you could tell the the team played better in front of him. Yeah, I. The one thing I've noticed over the last two games is that Jay Bo Meester has his stride back. Yeah, yeah, which we he haven't does. talked about. That I, I, game in and game out for the past however many games. Jay, I'm I'm not pissed at Bomeister, and I'm like that's fantastic. He's, I say it's been since about early last month. It's been about a month now. Yeah, he's it's and that's been something that uh, we should have talked about more. I think because we've been on him heavily right. for a long time, and he's been good I for mean, you know a while now. <laughs> we said he was yeah, a, I mean he's he was a honestly, horse out like, to pasture. <laughs> it it seemed like every single game there was some kind of gaff in his game. He was. Uh, puck was going off his, his stick and going to the net or his, his foot or he was turning the puck over. He, he couldn't get out of his way own way off on positioning. Yeah, he couldn't get out of his own way. But then all of a sudden, <laughs> like a, 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 a light just switched on and it was just, oh, hey, wait a minute. If I just don't do that shit, I'll be fine. And he's he's looked good. I've I've actually enjoyed his game lately. Yeah, he's yeah. I've 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 uh, I've not uh, that. It's it's a the like an explosiveness in his stride. Like he he gets that speed that he had when he first got here after like two steps, and you know, it's for a guy his age. That's amazing. Uh, so do you do you sign Man, I, do you sign him to a two year deal for no, two million? No, <laughs> two million per. You figure out who's the sucker that's going to trade for him now. Oh man. He that's true. I mean, deadline deal, right? Yeah, yeah, it's perfect. Uh, five five years, ten million. Here it comes. Oh, oof. he'd be lucky <laughs> to get two somewhere. Oh, but he's gonna get it in St. Louis. That's all he needs. Uh, two years, two million per. <laughs> <laughs> God no. Um, so this this this, and we've talked about it a lot, but th- this. Uh, uh, tweet was put out. A bunch of people responded to it. With, with, it was a question. Uh, Jake Allen has his share of supporters. 
Uh, you know who you are. Why is that? Do you feel he's better than his, he's performed? Is he number one goalie? Is the best yet to come? Explain. So there were a number of responses. Um, I'll read through a couple of them. Um, the Drop Podcast uh, said, uh, although you'll say it's bad, uh, he has lifetime regular season of 255 GAA uh, when, it w- when a career save percentage of 911. His playoff stats are even better, 210 goals against average and 927 save percentage. Those stats are why people support him. I'm sure you will tell me those are bad numbers. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, uh, Derek Ballman, the uh, game against the Islanders was the last straw for me. I've been trying to stay positive with Allen because he's shown flashes of greatness and I thought the potential was there, but I don't think that anymore. I'm ready to move on. Uh, let's see. Let's go blues. Seriously. It says as for him being a number one goaltender it's so hard to say yes without saying no, he's just so inconsistent. It's crazy, but he is our number one guy. Bennington got a shutout in his first game, but he was also playing the last place Flyers, which, you know, is true. And the team was definitely having a decent night. Um, uh, The Tarasenko's Glasses posted a a meme saying, Dear Jake Allen, we're all behind you. Sincerely, the Pucks. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, this this was a good response to that question, so... Uh, the Blue Puck says Allen has proved to be a solid goal in the NHL. At his best, he can steal games and playoff series, which he has shown. <laughs> um, is We could do 10 shows on all these comments, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, well, there's, you should there's watch him I... more than every couple of years. <laughs> that, that's... There's, there's, there's one that, that I like, and I, I don't know, maybe you said this one, I didn't hear you, but it was from Q and Alu 2000. Uh, he says... He's stolen one playoff series, and that will be enough in some people's minds. Yeah, I saw that one. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Which is a truth. Yeah, he has stolen a playoff series. He was fantastic in that series. And it is enough in some people's minds. And it was three years ago. <laughs> one of our friends that uh, tunes into our YouTube chat, Bob Rakowski, uh, he says, I think Alan will have a decent to excellent next season if he gets out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, enough Jake Allen. Tired of Jake Allen. Uh, what else we got to talk about? Let's see. The YouTube chat. Uh, advanced stats are stupid. Spoon fudge. Okay. <laughs> um, that's, I mean, you know, he could like expand on that a little bit. Uh, does a goalie win? Or, uh, oh, okay. Spoon fudge. Does a goalie win or not? Okay. I get it. So it's just about winning or losing, which I respect that. Very binary. You know, but I mean, I mean, that's a that's the Chris Osgood uh, situation, the 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 Niemi situation in Chicago. Just just win, you know. Mm-hmm. So I, and that I think ties more into the team in front of you. I mean, you could be if you have a fantastic team. Obviously, you might not need quite as good a goalie in net. You can you can get away with a, a, a two or three goals against in a game and still win most of the time. So that's more of a team thing. I guess uh, we got a question from Josh Vance and, and this is a player we haven't mentioned at all this show. Um, probably cause we just don't want to talk about him. Petro off this year. What are your thoughts? Do you think having triplets in a, is a reason he's struggling? Maybe he's not getting much sleep. We, ha- um, we haven't talked about this and I, and I want to trade him. That that's, that has been a, a, a piece that people have brought up with Tarasenko and Allen and Petro the whole baby thing. Well, they have babies, and you know what? I don't give a shit. If you have <laughs> babies and you don't play well, then 
you know what? Get the fuck out of here. They have a nanny. Well, isn't, isn't that the same thing with Jake Allen, though? Jake Allen had a kid, like, yep. unplanned kid, middle of the season, and that was the first time he went off the fucking rails. Here's the deal, though. You're you're a millionaire. You have a nanny. They uh, Doesn't yeah. Petro have a nanny? They have a nanny. I'm, I'm, so the nanny is the one getting up with the kids in the middle of the night. I mean, you, the parents should be sleeping. I, I don't, I, or and getting rest. And I get that kids are a lot of work. Believe I have two kids. I understand it's a lot of work, but I don't have a nanny either. So that that, that would alleviate some of the. And plus, he's on the road half the time, so he's away from that situation. I I, I don't. Well, and and that well, and that shit too. You think about our jobs. You know, I mean, this is a job for these people. If I walked into work one day and I'm just like. Yeah, I'm not going to be uh, any good to you guys today because, uh, you know, my kid kept me up all night. See, my boss would be like, oh, okay, take it easy. It's cool. You know, we got a, we got a guy that's going to be starting at your job for you today. You can just sit back and relax. No, it's bullshit. And I'm with you, man. I mean, not only is there nannies, but, you know, and again, I'm not trying to sound sexist here, but most of these guys' wives and girlfriends, not, I don't know, maybe not most, but I know a lot of them. Personally, I know don't have jobs because why would they they're making millions of dollars so you think that they're doing the trade-off like you and i do you know like when, when you had a baby kurt when, when the wife was like oh hey uh uh kurt uh your turn time no alex doesn't have a turn he's <laughs> no a, yeah. he's the one bringing in millions of dollars he's yeah. the one that's hey stay asleep honey i don't do shit all day except take care of the kid i'll take care of it <laughs> Now you're getting into weird territory. Okay, <laughs> sorry. That's not a, yeah. My mom was a stay-at-home mom, and my God, I know she works. Stay-at-home her ass moms are a they've that's heroes, not, man. That's not what I meant. Fucking I think heroes. Everybody knows what I mean without being sexist. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'm not gonna be sexist, but <laughs> I'm not gonna be sexist, but fuck them bitches. I don't want to be racist, but. Yeah. Nah, my my mom was a stay at home mom. I know it's hard work. My I mean, mom was too. That's their job. That's their job. That's and, what they do. And it's a it's a it's sometimes a thankless job, but it's a fucking important job. And uh, yeah, hats off to the uh, stay at home moms. Yes, yes. <laughs> Please let me <laughs> let me jump in on that Re- too. <laughs> retract, retract. Uh, see, uh, Spoonfudge says uh, Jake is an average goalie at best, but sometimes people act like he's the worst. He's almost the worst number one. Yeah. I mean, the number one. We're talking number ones. Right. Yeah. He's he's almost. He's like fourth or fifth worst, something like that. Yeah. He's he's pretty damn bad. He's pretty he's pretty bad. Um. When when people have to bring in career stats <laughs> to make him look halfway decent. I know. That was the thing with a bad story. That was when I yeah I responded to the drop podcast. I was yeah that's. You're, you're you're not taking into account his recent stats, which is a couple of years. Right. Uh, Spoonfudge also says trade Petro now. Which I, I I I'm I I I would not be upset if they traded Petrangelo and got a really good return for him. I think if they can get what uh, his fair market value is, I think I think get that for him. I would not be against that. I'm I I, I like him. I do, but I think he's, I I just he's he's just not as inconsistent as Allen, but he's just he goes through. He rubbed me the wrong way. It just so like, I don't here's, know. Here's the thing: he is one of the best defensive defensemen in the game, but the Blues force him into trying to be a two-way all or even I, even yeah. an offensive defenseman. And I'll give you that. He is the 
he is, and I've said this many times, and this is not a compliment. He he is the best guy in the league at letting Elaine shut down in front of him. <laughs> Every time the guy touches the puck, he handles it. He never shoots the puck. Well, I can't say never because I in I think the first LA playoff series he scored on a one timer from the point. <laughs> that may be the only time, but he always overthinks it in the offensive zone. And that that's well, why he's so effective in the defensive zone. He gets the puck, he doesn't panic, he thinks. But you can't do that in the offensive zone. You've got to drive the play to the net, and he doesn't do it. What happened last game? Did you see the blue line play? He has the puck at the blue mm-hmm. line. He goes to wind up for a shot, looks up, and the puck is slowly sliding outside the blue line. And he comes down, and it's already outside the zone. And he yeah. stops. It's yep. like, fuck. It's the- yep. I'm like, he that's does the that. exact play that I was thinking. That's, 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 the, that's a huge pet peeve of, 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 of mine with him, is that his, his uh, uh, he, holding the puck in the blue line, he's so, it. it's so frustrating. I, I, it's, not, it's not that, you know, okay, I was a tough hold in. I, I, you know, he couldn't do it. But it's the the almost the brain farts of the blue line where he just like stick handles it outside the blue line for some reason or other. I don't understand that. That happens way too often with him. And that's not a reason to trade a guy. But I just think that again, I think with Petrangelo, uh, it's kind of like Allen, where we've seen the best that he can be, and he's been really good in the past. But I don't think he's going to be the kind of guy that we think he was going to be. Not quite there. And maybe we can get more value for him than we could later. You, you know what I would like to see, honestly, because um, I'm with you, Kurt. I, I actually, and I, I think I said this a couple shows ago that at this point I'm I'm open to trading anyone on yeah. this roster. Um, but I would like to see because I think if you trade Petro, then obviously Pareko becomes your number one, and I'm fine with that. But the only issue we have with Pareko, and, and we've talked about it on the show, and I think everybody's talked about it before on on whatever social media platform they use, he's not physical. If yeah. you could get and and I don't have a player in mind, I'd have to look into it a little more. But Robert if you could Portuso. find a solid left-handed defenseman who can play physical, it, they could play on your top pairing, and you could find a way to get whoever that guy is if he exists. That's what you do, and you get rid of Petro, and you fill another need, possibly goaltending. Maybe you can move him for that left-handed defenseman. I don't know, but that's I think if you had a solid. Uh, 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 tough left-handed D to go out there with Pareko. That's a great top pairing there. They just don't have that right now. Hmm. I think we're uh, going to wrap the show up. Yeah. We have another question we should get to real quick. What's that? Uh, this is from Jake Allen's mask. Do we trade Shen, keep him, and let him walk or try to extend? And and I don't want to start a whole new conversation here because we're getting ready to wrap up, but um, I do want to voice something that that I said to my hockey team that kind of blew them all away the other day that I really believe this. You know what I'm actually kind of leaning towards doing right now? I know Shen, free agent, you got to trade him, right? I'm I'm actually rooting for re-signing him. And as crazy as this sounds, if you could get a deal, a good deal, uh, to more of a retool than a rebuild, and you could flip Schwartz and Tarasenko somewhere and then build your team around Shen and O'Reilly, I, I would like that. That's what my, I would go for. But my, I know that there's my, a lot of moving parts with my that. Nine, my nine-year-old daughter asked me the other night when I was yelling about the Blues. She goes, well, what, what, what would you do with the Blues? 
And I told her, I said, I would trade Petrangelo and Tarasenko. <laughs> That's what I told her. Um, I sh- I, and, you know, Schwartz has been frustrating this year. Most all, my, 90% of the team has. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's been – has not been productive. I And if he were to be moved at this point, I wouldn't care. Um that's kind of that's sad. I'm apathetic about almost everyone if they were to be moved. When to start this season, I was like, man, this is a great group of guys. Uh, this on paper we should be really good, and this we're just not. So I mean, it's I and it's a shame because one of the biggest problems on the team is in net, and is really not movable. I mean, it's right. You can't move the guy that is right. probably the one of the biggest problems. The, the yeah. only way you move him, I think, is if you can uh, uh, move him to a team that has cap room and already has a starter in place and has another problem contract they would be willing to move to you. That's the only way. But I, I honestly, I mean, maybe Detroit. Uh, I think they still have Johan Franzen's contract, but the Blues aren't the Maple Leafs. They're not going to take on a contract to pay a guy to not play. I'm with you right. too, Jeff. I, I, I want to sign Shen. I, I I mean I whether he wants to sign here or not I don't know, but I would like to see them bring him back. Uh, and, and I'd I'd love to have that one-two punch. Yeah. Uh, stay with with O'Reilly and Shen. At this point, I don't care about the wingers, just to keep those two. But but again, I know that that's a lot of work to to and, try and get Shen back and then trade everyone else basically. And to be honest, I mean people want to blow it up and trade half the team at the deadline. It's I don't think you're going to see that. You might see one or two guys moved. I don't I mean it just doesn't happen. No, anymore. you you don't move three or four big guys off the team. You just don't do it. Right. Um they might move one, maybe two uh guys. Um Shen Maroon, maybe Gunnarsson. Well, I think yeah. And well, I don't I I wasn't considering Moon as, Maroon as a big guy. I mean like on, I was thinking salary wise, or I was thinking uh, 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 impact wise. Well, I think total trades, uh, total trades. Those oh, are, yeah, those are probably your likely moves. I think, and I, and I would like to see Maroon go. I would. I'd like to see Maroon go. Um, man, Tarasenko leaving would be huge. Oh, that, Fuck that. Well, for one, it would kill the attendance the rest of the year, and I don't think they'll ever do it. I don't think they will either. But I wouldn't. I, but I would not be sad to see it happen. I think. He's trending down, um, and it—it's just mm. not. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, don't know. I, think, I, I, I honestly like, think we've seen the best of Tarasenko. I I would love to see them try to rejuvenate him, re-energize him, and the one way you do that is try to get Artemi Panarin. That, see, okay, now if they could somehow move Allen's contract. Steen, mm. uh, those two bad mm. ones, mm. but you know, and get Panarin here and sign Bobrovsky. <laughs> you know, this yeah, is like this is like right. pie in the sky right. situation. Right. Then yeah, obviously yes, if Panarin's here, then okay, uh, then yeah, I want to keep Tarasenko because you put him with his buddy, then you know something could happen. Clem Costin centering. Uh, wow. <laughs> I I think I just got hard. The Iron Curtain line. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I just, I would, I, I don't think the, that Armstrong would ever get approval because Tarasenko puts, he's the guy that's putting butts in seats. Oh, she did too though. Oh, she got fans in the building. A lot of them. Yeah. But he got on the wrong side of Ken Hitchcock. Still. And I mean, but Stillman was the, I mean, 
don't know. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, 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 I didn't think, think they would. I didn't think they were going to trade Oshi, and they did because of the fan thing. Different kinds of players. Yeah. Oshi was a fan favorite. He was productive and, too, though. He know, was effective. He, yeah, yeah. We could, we'll debate that some other time. Yeah, some other time. <laughs> we need to wrap up. You're right. We do. It's late. By the way, for those listening and podcasting, I do want to point out that uh, Mr. Bill Day is wearing a Montreal Canadiens jersey. I am. Just, just thought, just thought that was worth knowing. Yep. Right. I am, and I am. You going to the game tomorrow? I'm going to the game tomorrow night. The only game I'm going to go to this year. I knew you would. And I'm wearing this jersey. And you want to know why? You want to know why I'm wearing this jersey? Because it it is a Carey Price jersey, <laughs> and I like goalies who make saves. <laughs> nice. Uh, you, uh, well, um, you did see that the the was it the tweet that Lance put out. Uh, last night was uh, said that over the past four, f- five, four, five seasons that uh, Jake Allen only has one less win than Carey Price. Right, and how many less games on IR does Jake Allen have? I think Allen has like, like some like almost forty more games played. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So Price has been hurt like three of the last four years. Bad. Right, and he's he's finally finding his form this year. Uh, the Canadians that are an entertaining team to watch. They. Uh, by advanced stats measures, they dominate possession. They dominate the the flow of the game almost every night, and uh, they've they've hit a bit of a skid lately. Uh, but uh, I'm I'm definitely looking forward to seeing it tomorrow night. Um, you know, I I hope the Blues start Jake Allen because you know it'll <laughs> give the Canadians a win and uh, get the Blues closer to lose for Hughes. And uh, people I, can boo. Yeah, I think if Allen starts, you'll. I mean, there'll be some uproar on on Blue's Twitter, and there'll be arguments about you know the Jake fans and the the Jake critics and yeah. yeah. <laughs> Quite honestly, hey, for these I, games, I just, I, just just for the record, I will wear my Habs jersey tomorrow night. But it's a win win for me whenever these teams play, and except the years when they are both just abjectly horrible. This year. Canadians have a little bit of hope. I still fucking hate Mark Bergevin for doing what he did to the team, but I, I am whatever happens tomorrow night, I'll be happy. I'm gonna wear what? this sweater just because I like getting looks, dirty I, looks. <laughs> I know it. I know it depends on who's in goal for the Blues. Mm-hmm. Uh, but who? What's we got? Uh, Jake Allen's mask uh, says in the YouTube chat. Predictions on score tomorrow night. <sighs> I'm going to go 4-1 Montreal. Jeff? I'll go 3-1 Montreal. I'm wait a s- minute, wait a minute. Bennington's in, right? Maybe? We don't know. We don't know. All right, all right. So, I, I, I got to give two then. 3-1 Montreal if Allen's in net. 2-1 Blues if Jordan Bennington plays. I'm going to say 3-2 Blues uh, overtime. No shootout. Overtime. Uh, just blues, because the blues don't play shootout games anymore. Uh, well, they do for one, um, and I uh, and I, I'm gonna because I think the Blues have played, you know, they're trending slightly better play overall. You, there's more good games than bad games from the the team out in front of uh, the goaltender. So I maybe that'll continue. I don't know. We'll see. I'm not gonna. Yeah, we'll see. I I'm, we can't go three wide against the Blues. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's weird. Um, I gotta be the lone guy. So it, really does, it doesn't matter what the score is. If lose win, then I win. 
right? <laughs> hey, I said if Bennington plays, the Blues do win. You did. You did say that. That's he right. Did, he did hedge. You're two to one, right? Two to right, one. Right. Okay. You're right. Sorry. That will do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. For Jeff Ponder and Bill Day, I'm Kurt Price. That will conclude this week's broadcast of Let's Go Blues Radio. Until next time, everyone, let's go blues. Bergerman throws the puck at his own net. <laughs> <sighs> I got nothing. Uh, the Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.